This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Today's show, we are going to continue our conversation with a great architect, urban designer. She knows six languages. She's traveled the entire world. She's worked in Europe, South America, all kinds of places. And uh, and she does custom designs. And she's also looking to develop uh, more um, um, friend, more. Uh, <laughs> I can't even remember what I'm trying to say. More, more uh, friendly uh, things for the environment. Uh, I'll put it that way. Eric, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more environmentally uh, favorable processes, maybe um, <laughs> being used uh, for her work and and for humanity in general. Let, let, let's keep it as general as possible, and then our guest <laughs> today can, uh, you know, put a finer touch on things. E exactly. So, so uh, can you believe? By the way, it is July thirty first. I know summer's half over already, and the I year know. is more than half over. <laughs> Where did it go? I I don't know. It just keeps it keeps on going, and I suppose that's a better thing than having it stop one day because that means you're no longer with us. But uh, as long as everybody's Absolutely. still with us, and and I got sad news today that Pee Wee Herman died. Yes, actor Paul Rubens passed away. So many '80s icons. Are passing away lately. We lost Sinead O'Connor, unfortunately, uh, right. recently, and uh, Paul Rubens. And boy, it 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 uh, it's my childhood there, you know, <laughs> just disappearing. But um, you know, time passes and things happen. So, yeah, I remember way back when, when I was young, uh, that people like uh, Roy Rogers were passing away, and and Bob <laughs> Hope and Bing Crosby and those guys. Oh, we're and different that, generations, but yes, uh, now, yeah, you know the feeling. Yes, yeah. contemporary people that are are passing away, and and fortunately or unfortunately, I'm older than some of them. So, and uh, I'm at the same age group as a lot of them. And uh, well, that just means you're a survivor. That's it. That's it. Well, you know, my mom lived to be 90. And one of the things that they did uh, in the last 10 years of her life was she could go to a funeral like once a week of people mm -hmm. that she knew and stuff. Because, you know, it's the turnover. It's the graduation. I, I think it's a graduation to a better place to be. But that's just me. So in any event, thank you for being here, Eric. Thank you for running the show. You do such a fabulous job. And Always a pleasure. Of, for those of you who don't know and have never listened to Positive Talk Radio before, Shame on you, first of all. Secondly, we are on KKNW Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and also on Kixie on Friday. So we can be heard at 3 o'clock on Mondays, 4 o'clock on Wednesdays, and noon on Fridays on KKNW, and then 3 o'clock on Kixie. And uh, we just we love being part of the program, and we love what we're doing. So it's a lot of fun. And Julie got some really good, or Juliet, I should say, Got some really good responses from the show that we did because uh, it, it's something that we don't talk a great deal about, but she is so knowledgeable about it and has been doing it for, you know, 25 years. And she's really, really talented. Her name is Juliette Shretan, and she um, 
lives has lived all over the world and she has contacts all over the world and so she's very plugged in when it comes to architecture and urban design and putting things together in a uh in a in a in a positive way and is also very gifted at uh um at at being natural and being and being forward thinking and very spiritual at the same time so uh we have a mutual friend his name is david i think david is listening and uh, if he wants to call in he is more than welcome to call in uh and we'll release the numbers in just a couple of moments but first julie how are you I'm wonderful. It's so great to be here, Kevin. It's always very fun to to be with you. And thanks for the really warm introduction. It's uh, you probably were looking for the word sustainability and eco friendly. Oh, so- thank you for <laughs> thank, thank you very much. Because you know, you know you speak six languages. English happens to be my second language, and I don't do it very well. I don't have a first language, uh, but. Uh, um, but from that from that standpoint, you are you are very gifted, and it's great to have you here, and it's great to talk to you. Um, and the first thing I wanted to ask you, and that we didn't talk about, because you were on the show last Wednesday as well, and so you can always go to positivetalkradio.net and hear that podcast in total. And we're going to try not to cover the same ground that we did that that show, mm-hmm. uh, even even though it was it was really well received and a lot of people really like the show. So go to positivetalkradio.net and I've got 560 shows that you can go look at and and on a broad range of topics. And so spend your day when you're driving around just just plug into the the podcast and and uh, you might even learn something every now and again. Um, but uh, Juliet, um, I wanted to ask you because you've worked all over the world. You've lived in Brazil. You've lived in the Netherlands. You've lived in France. So you've, you've lived in a lot of different places. How would you assess what's happening in the world today? And where, if you had a, your druthers, where would you prefer to be living? Well, um, you know, I grew up uh, uh, between a lot of cultures. My parents were Dutch. I was born in Brazil and I grew up there. Uh, We traveled a lot. So that's how English came into the picture (laughs) because that's the language that most people speak. And then I, after the architectural school, I went to Europe to live there. So then you learn the other languages of the neighbors, of course, because you're traveling around. Um, what I see right now in the world are quite similar processes, actually, in terms of development, in terms of question marks that everybody has. I never really started thinking about it, but when I came to live in California, I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'm seeing like a repeat of themes in different places, you know, like what what people are thinking about, what they want, uh, what is happening in terms of, uh, of, you know, the society and the communities they live in. So, uh, and I would say California has some similarities with uh, South America where I lived. I lived in, in Rio and in the Northeast of Brazil. Um, it is a little warmer, so it compares a little better to Hawaii, maybe, or this kind of environment, but it has the same kind of culture, more, you know, relaxed and, uh, 
people have like a mixture of very sophisticated cities like you have in the United States and relaxed, a relaxed atmosphere. Europe is different in that way, is a little more formal sometimes, um, is of course the old land, you could say, a lot of more, you know, tradition. Um, and that is the fun thing, because in the Americas, you have the liberty to play with that culture. And in Europe, we tend to be a little more, um, we hold on a little more to the older cultures on the continent. So uh, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but that in general terms is how I see it. I see California actually a little bit like my experience in Europe and a little bit because I live in San Francisco. So that reminds wow. me a little bit of the, the, of the Netherlands of France, uh, the Mediterranean uh, part of Europe, certainly with the types of fruit we have here and the type of weather. So th there are some resemblances. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are some differences, of course. Well, the interesting thing for me would be, that in architecture, as an example, you go to Europe and in parts of Europe, you can be walking down the street, just happily walking along and you see a house that was built in like the 1400s or the 1500s something yeah. and the architecture of what they did back then versus the United States when there ain't nothing here long older than like 200 years and very little here and except for California there is some some um, um, missions and stuff that the Spanish built way back when but uh, in a lot of cases it's it's a lot newer here what's it like walking into a I don't know a 500 year old building and look at the looking at the architecture it's amazing even older I mean if you go to Mexico you you visit Maya uh, you know pyramids and things like that that are even older than that it's but in Europe you have uh, so a, really a very long tradition uh, in architecture and it's you can sense the energy of all that time oh absolutely certainly if you certain places you go if it's a, a religious building like a church or if it's a castle you kind of feel the vibe of time you can almost I remember one experience I had in Denmark, uh, where, uh, this is a long story, so I'm not going to tell it, but to go short, you co could feel all the parties that were given in that, in that structure. You know, it was the, the yacht, the, 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 it was from the Royal family in a beautiful park. And this was the place that they used when they went, uh, hunting, not, not yacht, hunting, a, a hunting lodge it was and you could kind of feel the the vibe of all these centuries you know so that's interesting here it it it's a little younger so you still have in california as you say and i suppose in new england you feel time you certainly feel time and you can almost see if you use your imagination and your senses you can feel what came before you know at least I can. You know, Alana, now you've been, you've, have you been to Mexico to see some of the, the uh, pyramids that are there? Oh, yeah. I went to Tulum. I went to Palenque. I went to Mexico City. I went to a lot of places in, in Mexico. Yes. What is it like? I haven't been around a, uh, 
a pyramid yet, but I understand that it emits an energy all its own. And a lot of people will use that as a, as, as an energy source, if you will, not, not for like light bulbs and stuff, but, but just an energetic feeling that it gives you. Did you experience that in the, uh, in the pyramids in South, in Mexico? Not of not all of them, but there were certain spaces. I remember Palenque made a big in, uh, impression on me. Tulum also the, by the ocean, the combination of the, the proximity with the ocean. I'm really a coastal person, so I love the water and the ocean. So that combination, um, it it's. The intelligence used to put together these buildings were amazing in terms of how they used the solstices, how they uh, positioned the buildings, the construction. There's a lot that we still don't know about all these cultures. There's a lot of question marks. But certainly in certain places, you can feel uh, more energy than others. And some people are very sensitive to that. I, you're not allowed to visit everything internally, you know, and a great part of uh, being connected with these energies is also being able to visit the parts that usually the public is not allowed to visit. But on the grounds, I remember Palenque made a big impression on me. So there are, um, in the pyramids, I know there are in the pyramids in Egypt, there are uh, rooms and there are places within the pyramid that you can go uh, that would emit a, do you think it emits a higher energy or a different type of energy than it does if you're just hanging around the outside? There's a whole story about uh, just the shapes of things, like the geometry. There's something called sacred geometry. So certainly uh, the way they put these buildings uh, together, they, they made the, the shapes and the forms and how it's situated in the landscape, the orientation with the, uh, the, the universe, all of that, you know, the, the sky was very important for them. Uh, so... So, yes, I believe that if you go and uh, the people that study this, that they have access to what really certain spaces internally meant for that culture. And I really, I was very impressed with, with what I saw there and what you sense in terms of if you go very early morning, there's not so many people or a day that is less people. You can kind of sense the space and you you have the opportunity to look at the sky from above one of those pyramids. It's, it's quite interesting. It's really striking. I, I was really very impressed. Don't you find it amazing that even by today's standards, we would have terrible trouble trying to reproduce, which is why one of the reasons why we've never done it. We can't reproduce what they did 3,500, 4,000 years ago. That's one of the mysteries that, you know, the, not all archaeologists are on the same page when it comes to explaining how all these pyramids were built and uh, what they mean, uh, how many layers. Actually, now there's, it seems they're discovering more layers that come even from times before the pyramids in Egypt. And, you know, so, so there's still a lot to be uncovered, I would say. Uh, it is not an area, I mean, I'm just, as you, I'm interested in these things, of course, especially because of the 
the the shapes and the forms and how the I, it's really fascinating how to imagine that one of those pyramids I I'm not sure if it's in Tulum it's not in Tulum Chichen Itza I think that has like uh, one day of the year I think it's the summer solstice so I, I might be saying something totally nonsense but one of the solstices so the bottom has the head of a serpent and you then see the really the shape of the body of the of the serpent all the way from the top of the pyramid going down i mean in order to do something like this you really have to know your geography geometry you really have to know how to really design these things and this was a period that obviously they didn't have the to they say they didn't have the tools we have now to calculate all of that so it's a it's an amazing feat yeah, the only thing that, that I know about uh, pyramids from uh, like Egypt is from Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, which is the. the <laughs> okay, so, fair well, enough. <laughs> I, I got I got no no sense of it, but it is important. I think when we look at there is a lot more going on architecturally and in our past and people developing uh, different ways of doing things than, than we understand even today. Uh, would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. But even if you look, for instance, at uh, the churches in Europe, for instance, that uh, those were the people that could really build more sophisticated uh, pieces of architecture. And if you look at the Gothic period in England, the whole story on how they started to learn how to make these gothic cathedrals which if you look at it it's amazing how the they they in those days were able without really having the sort of knowledge we have now were able to do that in italy all the cupolas and the architecture in the renaissance i mean it is really remarkable you know uh, it's, a lot of the things that they did were empirical they just tested it out, and and they they hoped that it would that it would uh, stay, you know. So and that's how they learned how to make these uh, these um, uh, tremendous pieces of architecture. If, Absolutely. If, if you were to go back in the midst of time in your lifetime um, and pick the one piece of architecture that you would recommend everybody go see, what would it be? Oh, gosh, there are so many pieces of architecture that I can recommend people to see. Um, I mean, here in the United States, I would certainly say go and visit. It's more recent. Frank Lloyd Wright is one of the architects that I'm really, uh, I really love his work. It's amazing uh, what, he, uh, what he did as an architect. So that's easy. That's not so far away. You have... Uh, even an example here in San Francisco near Union Square, you have in, in Los Angeles examples of his architecture. So there, he has a really uh, a lot of uh, good examples that you can visit. In Europe, um, I would go uh, to, uh, to Barcelona and I would visit Gaudí um, because he did also quite remarkable uh, examples of architecture, landscape. Um, I I love landscape architecture. That's one. I as you said in the beginning, I had the fortune to be able to work from interior design 
to urban design and back now with interior design. But one thing I never do and we will never do is really design a landscape because I feel I cannot do that. I love landscape architecture, but it's not my talent. But I visited most uh, landscapes and gardens uh, in Europe because I just love it. So I would certainly go to places like uh, Volevicon near Paris, which is a beautiful castle with a beautiful garden around it. There's there's so many places. God, I would have, I would have it would be difficult for me to give you a list of ten my my ten most favorite things to do. And I love walking in cities, so I would certainly say it's a city like Barcelona, a city like Paris, my favorite to walk around. Boy, I tell you that <laughs> some of us are so wholly uneducated that when we talk about landscape design, I think in terms of, well, let's put the bark dust over there and let's put the tree over here and let's put the bush over there and then we'll call it good. Uh, but that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about a wholly different thing. Yes, it's it's, it's a tremendous uh, tradition. I mean, uh, uh, some of the listeners might have gone to Versailles, for instance, and visited the gardens. Uh, it's just amazing how that was put together, the, the whole garden. The idea of British-English landscape with all the terraces, the elements in the garden, uh, when you look at it, you, you, you know, how you approach it, how they make you approach it when you walk through the landscape, the different... Uh, I have a Brazilian example, one of the most uh, gifted landscape architects that I really love, he already passed, is Roberto Bulemax. And in Brazil, he made amazing landscapes, really beautiful. Also public parks, the largest park in Rio, the Aterro do Flamengo, was all done by him. And he used to work uh, with green as it was a composition. Composition actually, the person that uh, told him to become a landscape architect uh, said so because he was an artist. And by looking at his art, he said, "Well, you should be a landscape architect," because he worked with the seasons, the volumes, the sizes of plants. Uh, when you have flowers, when the green leaves. He had uh, tremendous knowledge of plants. He went into uh, the Amazon and he has species on his name. Uh, so he's quite an interesting landscape designer. Um, and it's certainly, I would visit Rio too, put that also on the list. <laughs> <laughs> now, how about uh, Victoria, British Columbia? Because they've got the hanging gardens there. Have you been there? I haven't been there. It's on my list. Oh. <laughs> it's really, yeah, Canada. I have to visit Canada. I still, I have a couple of friends there and I haven't gone there. No. And, and by, the, by the way, that is Victoria. You can take the clipper up there and you can stay in one of the nice hotels. They've got some Victorian style hotels and you can go to the, the hanging gardens and stuff like that. And, and I mean, it's in our backyard, ladies and gentlemen. So um, they're not paying me to say this, but I think that that would be a great day or a couple of day adventure to go take the clipper up, up there and, and hang around Victoria for a day or two. And you can see some really interesting architecture as well as, um, as as well as the the putting together the hanging gardens and all of the, the things that they did there um it's fun i wanted to ask you because i wanted to circle back around to this 
is mm-hmm. that when you walk into a 500-year-old building or a 1,000-year-old building, and there are plenty of them, in people are still living in a thousand year old building uh in some in some places Mm -hmm. and but when you walk into um like a public place or it used to be a market or it used to be a castle and it had lots and lots of people do you sense that there's the energy of the life that people lived there before is kind of present and is imprinted in the walls and in the building itself yeah i i yes i do yes because i'm I'm also, that's a part of uh, me that I don't often talk to. Uh, David Newkirk really helped me to integrate, uh, let's say, the the person that does design and the person that senses buildings, because I kind of was always timid talking about these things because I have crazy things with buildings. (laughs) (laughs) You mean crazy things have happened to you with buildings or while you're in the building? Well, I'll give you one example. I lived in a in a in a house uh, in The Hague, and the the house was built with uh, uh, with brick from the Second World War. Um, they had bombarded. I'm not going to go into the whole details, but they used those bricks and they built this building. And everybody sends things in the building. And the building and I, my apartment, Elise and I became kind of friends. So every time, and it was my uncle's apartment, and I didn't know he had a friend that would come in once a month to get the the post because, you know, to see if he had to pay something or not. And I didn't know that the first time. So I'm at the market looking at tomatoes, and suddenly I see a hand turning off the light in the hallway. And I go, oh, that's strange. I'm buying tomatoes. What is this? So (laughs) (laughs) what does that have to do with my tomatoes? So I went back and to my, uh, I was astounded because the the light in the hallway, which I knew I had left uh, on, uh, was was turned off. And uh, later I met the guy. That's another story. But so this kind of thing is, you could say at least curious. I mean, you know, not really your regular experience that the building communicates with you. But I have had a couple of those experiences and uh, sensed energy around me. So, and, and I like it because it helps me also with my clients. You know, sometimes I can kind of make space lighter or, you know, uh, come up with solutions that have to do with the, uh, with how the energy wants to feel in itself. Oh, exactly, exactly. And by the way, we're going to need to take a break here in a second, but I wanted to get back to the, uh, not the architecture, but the um, um, the, <laughs> the plant people, the ones who do the... Uh, um, Landscapers? Landscape landscape. architects? Yes, there is uh, a gal who works with me. Her name is Holly, Holly Berry from uh, A Natural Design. She does some of the most incredible work with building hats out of flowers and also doing a complete wardrobe for somebody for a mannequin on a uh, uh that, that she builds and uses fresh flowers for all of that it is remarkable what can be done with uh but with the right person she's very she's a really talented person and doing that end of it so i get the fact that uh, um that um Landscape design is something that is so far above my pay grade that I would have absolutely no idea. Um, but 
I am so glad that David talked to you because uh, hopefully maybe he's listening and will call in because uh, I did want to uh, talk to you in the second half more about energy and about the energy that we all that's around us all the time, how we access and that kind of stuff. And I also want to talk a little bit about hemp and can hemp um, save our forests and save our clothes and save our furniture and become something that it's not today, but it could because of its versatility. We're talking with Juliet Chatan, and we are going to return right after this. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio, and we'll be right back. Hey, PTR loyal listener. First, thanks for being in my dream. And second, I have a new concept in business to share with you. It's called socialpreneurship. So what's that? Well, it's the idea that any company designates all profits beyond expenses to be awarded to a local or international charity or project which is working to achieve good in the world. KM Media is such a company. We believe that it's important for us to give back whenever possible and to make great things happen. So I hope you'll join us in creating this new business model that will positively impact all of us. In the next few weeks, we will lay out the plan and begin our fundraising efforts. So stay tuned for more details right here on Positive Talk Radio. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, thanks for listening to Positive Talk Radio. Did you know that we're also a media production company? Well, surprise, we are. We can create all kinds of audio, video products to fill any need. Please visit kmmedia.pro backslash our dash store for a complete list of products and services. In addition, do you need a great voice to add to your own website or any other project? I know that we can add depth and quality to your work. I've been told more times than I can count by many professionals in the business that my voice adds to the quality of the presentation. So let me create something for you. Please contact me at Kevin at kmmedia.pro and let's create something great. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio, everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald, and we have got a great guest for you today. She's an architect, an urban designer, and then became an urban designer and then became an architect. I don't know how that works, but she did that. Interior and, designer. Interior <laughs> designer. Oh, that's, that's right. And uh, I also want to mention that uh, during the commercial, we played a commercial for a natural design. I got to tell you, and I mean this sincerely, go to a natural design.com. Uh, she's got a list of products that, that she has available for you. And she, she delivers in the, in the Redmond Kirkland Bothell area and her work. I, I don't know if I can say this on the radio, but uh, Eric has got to the dump button. Um, but I, I was married to a, a floral designer for 20 years. And Holly's work is far, far, far ab above and beyond what she can do. And in fact, she, we're in the middle with KMmedia.pro. We're in the, media, in the middle of creating a 
pilot show for her to go on. I think we'll leave the network unnamed at the moment, but she, we're creating a pilot episode for her to go do that. And there's going to be video, audio, and all kinds of fun stuff. And we're capable of doing that. So if you want to add something cool to your website, we can do that. If you want to create a commercial, we can do that. If you heck, if you want me to do your answering machine, I can do that. We can do anything that you would like us to be able to do. Go to Kevin at kmmedia.pro. That's Kevin at kmmedia.pro. And uh, we'll, our, our rates are extremely reasonable because we're broke. And uh, so I want you to go there and we'll have a great time. And uh, also, if you'd like to talk to uh, Juliet, you can do that now. I'm going to put out the phone numbers um, so that you can give us a call. And if David, you're listening, would love for you to call in to talk about uh, with Juliet in our next segment. So um, that number is 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. If you've got a question for Juliet, if it involves architecture or interior design or urban design, please give us a call. Okay, I've done enough homework and got that out of the way. So now we're back talking with Juliet. It's great to have you here. I've been, I really have enjoyed this, the, the expertise and the depth of knowledge that you possess on a whole number of things. It really is cool to see and it's cool to talk to you. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, thank you. That's so nice, Kevin. I just wanted to straighten something uh, for for the for everybody that's listening. Can I speak again. I I work here as an interior designer. Um, yes. In, in the in the United States. Yes, and uh, that but but you've been doing that after having the experiences of being an architect and a oh yes a designer and all of those things. Yes. So I you bring. To, I'm and, like a cat. I had a life in Brazil as an architect and Europe as an urban designer and here as an interior designer. And you've done, you've done it all. And, uh, and you also, because of the work that you do with buildings and with objects and things, everything, let me make this clear to everybody who you've, you don't understand this or not, doesn't really matter uh, because everything has energy. We are all energetic beings. Everything the, the couch we sit on has energy. It emits uh, odors. It can emit things. And it can do uh, it, from a tree to everything around us has energy. And so a lot of times that energy is imprinted in the places that we live, uh, the feng shui that we build our homes with, all kinds of different aspects to it. And I know that you are aware of it. And David is kind of... Um, nudging you forward to talk more about those sorts of things, isn't he? Yes, he is. Absolutely. And he's helping me with it because it's really nice. I, you know, when you study something like architecture, especially when I started uh, studying architecture, it was pretty much a guy's kind of thing, you know, in most places. So you want to come across as a woman, as a serious person. So you're not going to start talking about energy. You know, if you if you get my drift, even <laughs> even if you're feeling it, you're kind of keeping that part of the conversation uh, to your inner circle, which I did for a long time. 
But now I feel more confident that I can share more of what I perceive in terms of energy and how it can uh, work for people and sometimes it can affect people. So it's good to be aware of the fact that we are all energy and everything around us is energy. So, yeah, certainly. And certainly the energy of things that went uh, before us is something that you can perceive. When I arrived here in California, I lived um, up in the hills here in Berkeley. And uh, at a certain point, I just started having this feeling about a native energy. Now, I'm not American. I mean, you know, now I'm a citizen, but I'm not originally American. So I had no idea of knowing much about this kind of culture. But um, it inspired me to paint a number of paintings with the colors that this energy was transmitting to me, which is really beautiful, you know, it was a very tender, wonderful energy that told me how he lived in the region, uh, very ancient energy. And it was a very, it's a very pleasant experience, actually. So, you know, these things are there. And I think most people can perceive that if if they are open to it you know it for some people it might be a little bit scary but you know our energetic imprint just stays and continues uh in space and time it doesn't disappear you know it's interesting i've conducted over 2000 interviews during my career and i've talked to a lot of people psychics and mediums and and energy workers and authors and um songwriters and poets and all kinds of different folks and they all will tell you including people as illustrious as my favorite paul mccartney will tell you that oftentimes the things that they are that they receive the messages that they get is what ends up becoming the songs that they write the sh the show that they do um and the the various aspects because we're not alone and we're not isolated we are part of this great big cosmic experience that everybody mm -hmm. is having um I, i'll give you the, can i give you a quick example of course of, of a gal that i interviewed uh um she was on uh, last Monday, as a matter of fact, and um, she was um, sleeping in bed. It was four o'clock in the morning. She plainly hears a male voice in her left ear that says, it's time to write. So she was alone in the house. So she gets up and, and puts her robe on and looks at uh, the bathroom and looks at the living room. And there's nobody there. So she immediately calls her analyst and says, I think I'm going schizophrenic. And, uh, and, the, an and the analyst says, did you start writing? So mm -hmm. she picked up a, a uh, she followed the instructions that she was given. And she sat down and, and started writing. She wrote for 18 months from four to five o'clock in the morning, every day at five, it would quit. And, but, and four would start with time to get up and start writing. Oh my God. Yeah. And she has written a, a series of books that they're, they're coming out this fall. And uh, she wrote 10,000 words. Wow. And the interesting thing was that she couldn't even, she couldn't remember necessarily what she wrote yesterday until she sat down and it just continued. 
and it just flowed and just continued. Neil Donald Walsh had the same experience with conversations with God. Um, mm -hmm. Many others have. And in the architectural world, I think that some of the grandest designs come from that place as well. What do you think about all that? Oh, yes. I think we have uh, we have a predisposition for certain shapes, uh, certain forms, certain um, atmospheres. That's why it's so important to align your space really very carefully to yourself. You know, my observation, your space is your second skin has to do with this kind of thing. You know, we have uh, a vocabulary, if you if you will. And Jung spoke about certain types, typologies that you have in your being that we share actually as humans uh, of spaces and places that will convey, you know, uh, security or insecurity or, you know, we have that imprint. Certainly, it's no wonder that in many cultures you or across the board over the planet, you see shapes, certain shapes and forms coming back certain themes coming back in architecture. Certainly, you see that. And interiors, too. You can, you can really, uh, you know, even in terms of energy, things like Feng Shui, there are certain things that, are, that make a lot of sense for us as humans, you know, certainly. So it's really important that you set yourself and your house up in an energetic way that is pleasing to you, um, that makes you feel energy and make and makes you feel better about where you are because that affects almost everything about you doesn't it because you said it's like your second skin yes oh absolutely it is so vital and a lot of people don't i mean they think that uh eating healthy is important taking your whatever supplements uh, exercise all of that is important i'm not saying that that is not important au contraire i do that <laughs> but <laughs> But your house is equally important. It's really uh, your house, the spaces you create, the things that you have around you, um, not having clutter, for instance, having a house that is reasonably organized. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, uh, sterile, but organized so that you feel that you have your space, that there is space for you. And the materials that you use, more and more is being published, more and more is available of materials that are more beneficial in terms of health or in terms of what they exude or not exude into your, uh, into your interior. So it is important to be aware of these things, certainly. You know, one of the things that I've talked about on the show before and I want to address it with you because you actually know what you're talking about. And, and that is um, the use of hemp. Because I've been told, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been told that, number one, hemp can be used for a myriad of products in a natural way. Um, mm -hmm. from Anywhere from clothes to furniture to building a house. And then you told me today something I didn't know. You can actually make concrete from hemp. Yes, they are now. Uh, we are in such, Kevin. It's such an exciting time to to uh, to live and to work in my field, because there are amazing materials being developed. You know, it's not only the sustainable uh, furniture piece that we're talking about, but really building materials. I mean, 
the production of 3D printed houses has started in the United States. So now we are still using concrete, uh, more or less sustainable. But in the future, you can use a material like uh, hemp, for instance, and other materials, mushrooms, and I don't know how many, uh, let's say, new materials are being developed uh, every day. Uh, facades, whole facades that are that can breathe, you know. So yes, they protect you, but at the same time, they they can breathe, um, so that you can aerate place places in a more organic natural way. So we are going to really make jumps from now on in terms of materials. Well, that's exciting. That is really exciting. exciting. Because there, there are things like, as an example, the clothes you wear. If you are wearing something that is man-made and comes from man-made uh, pieces or articles or, or compounds or chemicals, which they use sometimes to make shirts and that kind of stuff, it can actually invade your body because you're, um, it's, it's like if you want to quit smoking, then you might get a um, nicotine patch mm -hmm. and it goes on the outside of your body. And you just say, well, how's that going to help? Well, it, it absorbs the medicine into your bloodstream. Just like if you're wearing a shirt that's like polyester and, and is made from uh, 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 petroleum. Recycled, yeah. Consumer uh, plastics, yes. So stuff like that, that can actually have an impact on your on your body because your body will actually actually absorb it. Um, rather, so and just like you, we talked last last show. If you are if you buy a couch, that couch has energy to it. It also has got it emits um, it emits products that they go into the air uh, yeah, talk more fabrics. About yeah the the dyes of the fabrics and you know a lot of people uh they they come to designers and oh i want a performant material because i have a dog or i have children or I, this that the other which i totally understand yes you want something that is durable that is resilient that is easy to maintain all of that but uh, people have to understand that fabrics that have been treated with uh, chemicals to avoid stains, for instance, they will exude something. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's really, that's a choice that you will have to make. Um, nowadays, you have other companies that use natural fibers, natural dyes, and uh, removable, uh, you know, uh, cases from your sofa and your 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 chairs and things like that so that you can have that washed and reuse that clean um, and and yes it might be depending on the color that you, you that you choose that some stains will be a little more difficult to get out of the fabric but it's i feel a little better than having chemicals around you especially if you have kids uh, especially and the chemicals that we have, and I would like to, I would like to believe it's different than this, but it's not. So I'll just say it. There is no government agency. There is nobody that is watching out for us as far as what the chemical compounds that are in the, the clothes that we wear in the, in the, in the chairs we sit on. There's no, there's no company that monitors that. They can then say, no, this is probably not as healthy as it could be. And and so there's no, we're barely 
doing that with food, let alone we're not doing it at all with, with our environment. And that is really, really an important thing going forward, don't you think? Absolutely. I remember when I was living in Europe, um, the Dutch government um, launched a series of reports about the materials that were being used in the interior of apartments. The Netherlands has a great tradition in social housing in different categories, and they were becoming concerned because they, and the Netherlands being a cold climate, it's moderate to cold, you tend to have everything locked and closed during the winter. And they were getting to the conclusion that if you do that, you're actually exposing yourself to materials that are emitting whatever they're made with. You know, and at that time, if you think in terms of the 70s and the 80s, we were not as far as now in the discussion about uh, sustainability. So reading these reports, I concluded immediately that my house was going to be super ventilated. So I was one of those people that really was opening windows left and right because I understood that I didn't want to have all that exuding on me, you know. But most people don't know this kind of information. And it's very difficult, even with organic food, if you go to the market. I spend a lot of time look just reading what what are the products that have been used with in this whatever I'm buying, you know, because it says organic and it says healthy. It has a green packaging, so you would think that it's healthy for you. But when you read, it has uh, added sugars. It has all sorts of things that you might not want to eat, you know. So the same with materials. You have to have someone that educates you. And I'm always very happy to, to educate my clients and my friends because it's really necessary to be aware of what is possible, you know. And then, of course, you know, I'm not saying you have to, from one day to the other, change your entire home and buy everything new, but you can make a plan and start, you know, recycling things and substituting certain things in your home for materials and, you know, wood types that are certified and things like that. So, you know, that's, it's never too early to start with that, actually. You actually should write a book about that, I think, because you're so knowledgeable about it. That would, that would help a lot of people. And plus the fact that I, <laughs> if you, if you and I, Okay, we're going to have a date. You and I are going to go to a furniture store. And, we're, and, and of course, when you go to a furniture store, you get attacked by, you know, two or three or four salespeople. Right? Hi, can I help you? Hi, can I help you? Have you been helped yet? Have you been, can I help you? And um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go there and say, okay, I would like to buy a couch that doesn't emit any negative, um, um, yeah. any negative chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll give you the deer in the headlight look. I have no idea what you're talking about because it's not even in, in industry standard at this point. And some of it that is, is a marketing gimmick. They say it's like in food. I can tell you this because I was in the food business for 20 years. Yeah. In a lot of cases, they use it as like free range chicken as an example. Yeah. Chicken is, is no better than regular chicken is, but they can charge a dollar more a pound for it because they say it's free range. The, the act of, what they do, you know, they've got these great big chicken houses. And uh, what they do is they open up one of the doors, put a little fence out there, put up and open the doors and let them wander around that little patch of grass. They can then call that a free range. Free range. Yeah. And yeah. they can charge more for it. So you got to be very, very careful. And 
and and really knowledgeable about this stuff, which is why you need to write a book so that I can read your book rather than have to figure it all out by myself. Well, you just call me and I'll tell you exactly which couch you can buy. I mean, I have all these vendors in my library and I research them and I talk to them and I make sure that what they say is really what is happening. I have colleagues that are specialized in this kind of thing, you know. So, yeah, I try to do the best job I can to really um, come up with things that will help my clients. And, and they are out there. You know, more and more here in the continental United States, you have uh, manufacturers that are really producing uh, sustainable, uh, if you want to talk about couches, sustainable couches. So, Well, and if you want to get a hold of Juliet, because somebody's saying, well, okay, I want to call and I want to talk to her and I want to email her, but I don't know how to get a hold of her. So if you want to do that, curatedbyjuliet.com com is is how to get it that's correct isn't it yes super correct oh very very nice say that again for everybody curated by juliet.com and if you want to email you just add juliet double t and an e at curated by Ju, by curated by juliet.com very cool because somebody is out there they're writing this down because they would really like to and the thing is you really want to try and protect your family from everything that you can. Uh, and there are times when we don't get enough information because it's not in some people's best interest to give us that information because it'll cost them business because they're not doing the right thing. Um, so if people want to take care of themselves, their families, and and give their kids the best shot at happy, a happy, healthy life, uh, they need to follow some of these recommendations i think um so it's it's great that you are here my dear we've just got you know these hours when i'm with somebody that is just as dynamic as you go so fast it's just not fair um <laughs> so but um because you know we did the show last wednesday and we've talked about a completely different set of things going forward today than we did that that show so you can listen to both shows back to back and it's like part one and part two and so I recommend that you do that. Go to uh, positivetalkradio.net, and this one will be up in the next day or two. And go there, and you can listen to um, Juliet talk about uh, uh, part one and part two, and uh, that would be that would be great fun. I've got just a minute left, and I want to give you the opportunity to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Well, the thing I can tell the audience is. Do something for yourself, do something for your interior and just make it really work for yourself. And, you know, you will enjoy it so much more if your space works for you. So go out there and do it and have a wonderful time doing it. And uh, don't forget your landscape. Plants are very important. <laughs> And okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, the other thing is, if you want to do a one up on the Joneses, so the next time you have a dinner party at your house, you say, Look, this I bought. It's environmentally friendly. It's better for my kids. It's better for my, my, my living arrangement. And so you'll get one up on the Joneses. And they'll look at you like, Maybe we ought to do that, honey. I, maybe that would be good for us. So, um, again, um, Juliet Chatan has been our guest. And go to her website, which, again, is curatedbyjuliet.com. 
And if you want your interior redesigned by Juliet, that would be a perfect place to call. And uh, you can you can have her uh, do the, the work. In, and you can even, without coming up here, you can do it from up here, correct? Or can I can do it remotely. Her? I have a rem uh, online platform, which is super fun, very interactive. Very cool. And again, it's uh, curatedbyjuliet.com. I want to thank everybody for being here. We're going to be back Wednesday at 4 on KKNW. So stay with us, and I hope we'll see you again then. And by the way, be kind to everyone because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time on Positive Talk Radio. Thank you, Kevin.